As always, it's so good to be with you. And how are we doing this morning? It's a beautiful day, isn't it? You're beautiful too, you know that? I love you. Love you so much. Good to have you back, Mark. Mark's been over in the Far East buying a jet for UPS. Did you buy one? All right, he bought one. Another one out the airport. So uh, glad, to, glad to have you back. Another interesting uh, couple of shout-outs for you is that uh, we were going to take up a collection for Catholic Services Appeal, but you've already met the goal. So you're, now you're not going to hear this a lot, so remember this. A priest telling you we're not taking up a collection today. All right? I always say the church is asking for money. We're not going to take up a collection today, so I think that's pretty good. And a great big thank you for the Lenten Given Tree to see all of the uh, gifts. What a wonderful, wonderful thing that is. And you are amazing. You truly are. You're truly an amazing parish. You're the best in my book. Well, what a story. Wow, what a story we hear. We hear this, we read this story this time every year, don't we? Yes, we do. We've heard it a million times. But every time you hear it, there's always something new, refreshing about it that, uh, that we can look at and how encouraging it is with us. And uh, there's so many angles you can take off on this thing, but I want to do one a little different today. Not that I'm different, you know, but, uh, but, the, uh, but uh, I think it's a very, very interesting story. Um, if you start at the beginning of the story, there's many questions. There's a lot of buzz going on, you know, I guess. It's sort of, what do they call it uh, when it goes viral? Is that what it's called? Well, I guess this was going viral. And there was a lot of questions. Here was the, here was the situation, and it's so clear in the reading today. Uh, it was well known by, by people that Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, they were his friends. And whenever he, because they lived, where they lived, and, you know, they were so close to Jerusalem, they were sort of like a bedroom community, he always would stop there and visit with them. That's what he would do. He would stay with them. And so he was, he was well known. They were his friends. But uh, here's the problem. Well, why didn't Jesus show up and take care of Lazarus? Why didn't he do that? You know, they sent word to him. They were concerned, and they thought, well, he's going to come. He's going to uh, come and take care of him. See, he had plenty of time to get there. It, time wasn't the issue. What, you know, it says he stayed two more days where he was. Uh, that wasn't the issue, was it? And so they were, they were a little hurt. I think the fact that... Uh, Martha's the only one that would come out and greet Jesus. Mary wouldn't do it. She was too hurt. You know, Jesus, why didn't you, why wouldn't you come and heal my brother? You loved him. Yeah, I love him. Don't worry. I'm the son of God. I'm going to take care of things here in a minute. See, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to show you something even greater than healing. Yeah, he could heal people. Blind people, leprosy, whatever, but he could also raise people from the dead. And that included himself. And that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, there was, uh, there was a lot of buzz going around, and he shows up. But I think the thing, there's, you know, the thing that I really like to think about is what was on Lazarus's mind? Now, if you'd had an experience like Lazarus, 
what would be on your mind? You know, try to sort of try to get into his head what that might be. And I, as I thought about it, I, two questions came to my mind. I, I can see Lazarus now. I mean, of course he's going to do this. I wish they'd written it down. He's going to come up to Jesus and say, Jesus, could I ask you a couple of questions? You know, what just happened to me? You know, what, and what does Jesus say? Yeah, let's, let's sit down and talk. So, uh, two things he says. Jesus, when I died, my soul went to this beautiful and peaceful place. Even Abraham, he said, came up and introduced himself to me. But I also saw there was a, there was a great divide between me and, and a lot of other people. And the people on the other side of the divide, they were tormented. What is this place? What is this place? Well, Lazarus, let me tell you about it. Were you on the side with Abraham? Yes, I was on the side with Abraham. Actually, Abraham came up and greeted me and said hello. Well, you were in the place that you've been taught about from birth. It's called Abraham's bosom. That's what it's called. It's called Abraham's bosom. What is this place? Well, it's a place where you wait until the Messiah comes and does the redeeming work of restoring our relationship to God, you have to wait. You have to wait and uh, until that is done. And that's exactly what's happening. But what happens is this. Once, it's, once the work is done on the cross and the resurrection takes place, then the Father it's going to take you to the Father's house. Jesus is going to take you to the Father's house. That's, what he's, that's exactly what he's going to do. And that's what Jesus, you know, what was Jesus doing in the tomb for three days? Do you think his soul was just lying there? Well, the scriptures teach you clearly what he was doing. He went into this place. He went into this place that was called Hades. And he preached the gospel to them. And he took those who believed and longed for his coming to the Father's house. That's exactly what he did. See, they were set free. The only thing remaining was those who had not received him, that had rejected him. And we know that uh, if you read the last couple chapters in Revelation, at the great day of judgment, those who were in that place of Hades are thrown into the eternal lake of fire. That's what he says. It all fits together in a, in a powerful kind of way. And he says, that's what happened. That's where you were. You were in Abraham's book. Do you remember? I was just, just a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about this. Is the story of Lazarus and the rich man. Yeah. You ever heard of that story? Well, of course you have. Yeah, the church is intentional in that. But Jesus said, you know, Lazarus is a popular name. You got, your name's Lazarus, and the name, of, you know, the name of the story was Lazarus. Popular type of name. Well, Lazarus said, thank you, Jesus. Thanks for sharing that. But I got one more, a bigger question I'd like to ask you. This is the one that's really puzzling me. Why did I have to come back? Why did I have to come back? Why? I didn't want to leave. I was in a place of peace, harmony, order, unity. I was in a place of love. Why did I have to? Well, Jesus said, Lazarus, you had to 
You had to be brought back in order that God might be glorified. God would be glorified by what he does through your life. Think about it, Jesus says. What, what you know, the, the, your parents at birth, they gave you the name Lazarus. What does the main name Lazarus mean? Lazarus says it means God will help. Well, that's exactly what God's done in your life, Lazarus. And through it, he's going to glorify. See, here's the situation. Let me explain it to you. In just two weeks, and it'll be the same here. In two weeks, Easter's here. Uh, Jesus says, I'm going to suffer, I'm going to die, and I'm going to be resurrection, resurrected. And during that time, the disciples are going to remember what, you, what happened to you. What did you do? You suffered, you died, and you were resurrected, right? And what it's going to do as they stand at the cross and they look at me or they're standing by the tomb and they're shaking their heads, they're going to receive great comfort. They're going to be comforted and they will have hope in their sorrow because, yes, Jesus can. Now, Lazarus, it's true I'll be nailed to the cross. It's true that they'll, be a, they'll pierce my side. But it's not the nails that are holding me on this cross. I, could, I can come off this cross anytime I want to. It's not the nails. It's not, the, you know, it's not the, this crucifixion way of, uh, of taking, exasperating me to where I can't breathe. It's going to take, no, I'm doing it for you. I'm doing it to restore you to God. That's why I'm doing it. And when I get done, I'm going to go down to the Abraham's bosom and preach the gospel. And then all those who will believe from then till the time that I return, that second time will go to be in the Father's house. Isn't that beautiful? See, we glorify God with our lives, don't we? Or we at least we have the potential to do that. You think about it. This happened 2,000 years ago, and we're, getting, we're receiving comfort and encouragement by hearing this. Doesn't this story encourage you? You know, when you think about what's going on in your life, when you think about the loss of a loved one, Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. Doesn't that encourage you? And he walks out of the tomb. Well, of course it does. And when that happens, what happens? People naturally praise God. That's, that's what glorifying God means. They're going to say, praise you, God, for what you've done. I'm going to put my faith, my hope, and my trust in you. You are my God. And guess what? You're called to do the same thing. You're called, what? To glorify God with your life. Isn't that what it says in the scripture? You people will glorify God because of your life, because of your faith in God. And when they see you, they'll say, praise God for this dear brother. Praise God for this dear sister, for the great love and encouragement that they have. So Lazarus, that's what happened. That's what happened. Oh, Jesus says, that's enough questions. I think I hear Martha calling us to go come and eat. You know, she does some really good cooking. Let's go. 